0: And we are live. How y'all doing? It's time, it's time, once again, for another week of of Harry Potter and saltines. Y'all haven't noticed the saltines before? Huh, that's weird. Miss Putty, she made it. Tuna, Luis Allen, Sander, Kazi Lizard. You can't hear me, eh? Can everyone else hear me okay? Remember, it mutes it. There it is. Yeah, when you join Mixer, it automatically mutes you. Mutes me. Just so nothing blasts up immediately. blast it. Okay. So, how is everyone? I'm enjoying some sweet, sweet saltines. Cause uh look, I should've eaten earlier today, but I didn't. But you did and you never do. I never do. I'm bad about eating. Hmm. Yeah, this is my hype sandwich. I hope chewing noises are great for everyone. All right. What are we at? Courtney in the Discord is saying, like a lot of the characters, Fred and George might be my favorites, though. Um, Jack of No Trade says Slughorn, perhaps. Interesting. Uh-oh. Bowtie broke keto today. Zoinks. Had a burger. Yeah, we used to make... um. We used to make our own burger buns for when we were on Keto. That worked pretty well. I could never do the, like, the lettuce-wrapped burgers. That didn't work for me. I'll mute for the chewing noises. Slughorn is a good character. I enjoy slughorn a lot. The, um... Sort of the insight we get into a teacher that's, um... You know, like a, a a a a good Slytherin, you know what I mean? Like a solid representation of what I think is kind of the heart of Slytherin um, in Slughorn. There's Snape for sure, of course, but yeah, a little bit of ASMR, munch, munch, munch. <laughs> saltine ASMR. That's right, folks, you get the Prime content here. Um ASMR. Saltine ASMR. <laughs> We've got Slughorn who I think represents to me what I think is the heart of like what Slytherin is, Um, which is not necessarily like good or evil in sort of like the D&D sense where like good is is sort of selfless and evil is self-serving, rather how they go about solving problems. And this, you know, the this, the Slytherin slughorn, he's all about sort of forging connections between people, um, having that, that relationship be a mutual one, you know, not letting oneself getting taken advantage of, not letting oneself get taken advantage of. I still ended with of, that's not technically peropt, peropt, hello, proper or correct sentence structure, but I'm gonna roll with it, much, 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 much.
1: I'm stalling, because I got one more saltine left.
0: And Sandra says, I'm listening for which voice is a good one for Dungeon World? And it's true. Um, We have just had our third session for Dungeon World today. I don't know if I can call it our best one yet for like who was available, but it was definitely one of our most action-packed ones today. Um, lockable sugar. Hey, welcome to welcome to Scooter Patrol. I almost called it Sugar Patrol. For you, it can be Sugar Patrol. Yep, there's the uh, quiz on Pottermore for uh, what house you end up in. I'm considering making my own though for the stream here. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. I'm not so sure how I would pull it off. I don't know. We'll find out. I do know. I'm going to make a way for y'all to join the, the houses that you're in. And then with that, I don't know what I'm going to do. We'll see. Tuna says, there is a longer quiz as well. because all the questions from the Pottermore website. Yeah, because the, um, the, uh, the Pottermore website will not necessarily give you all the questions it, I think kind of randomizes it but there's one where you can answer every single question that, that it would give you I don't know might be worth a shot Bowtie Fox says it's bad how I love the shyness that some Slytherins get when they think you're gonna call them evil for their house <laughs> no shy can be fun Penny the Penny hi that's a new That's a new name. I haven't seen that one before. I mean, I saw it earlier, but, you know, new this week, I should say. So, Lockable Sugar, same thing. Dusty Giraffe, how's it going? <laughs> Everyone, I hope you're having a fantastic week. I am having a good one. We had, like I said, our third episode of Chat Plays Dungeon World. It is an incredibly good time. Celius Team Celius is going to be leveling up this week. Um, we had another arena fight against some creepy little beings. They were they look like statues, but uh you were hunting them amidst the ruins of, of an old desert civilization inside the arena. Um and at the very end of it, y'all managed to succeed. So a very good time there. Uh and this week right now, we're reading Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Chapters five and six. So, without further ado, let's get into our review, shall we? What do y'all remember from last week? Let's start with you. What do you remember? Uh-oh. Uh, I assu- Lockable Sugar, I assumed that wasn't going to be your forever name, but, uh... No, it should- it should let you choose pretty soon. It's sh- like, it- it should, uh, update, I think? I'm guessing. All right, what do we remember from last week? What do we got? Dumbledore came and took Harry from the Dursleys. It's true. Yep, that was one of the first things that happened. We uh, finally Harry's been waiting for this for weeks. He got a letter from Dumbledore saying that he, that Dumbledore was going to come pick him up, and he needed Harry's help with something. And so we we got to see what that was. We got a, a brief glimpse where Dumbledore. Well, he really ripped into the Dursleys for not being the loving people that they were supposed to be. They were they were supposed to make this a home for Harry, and they they only did the bare minimum of that. But it provided Harry with enough magical protection to continue to live there. Um uh, and Dumbledore requests that Harry just get one more chance to come back here before he turns seventeen, uh such that the the protection may continue. Um after that, Harry and uh, Harry joins Dumbledore for this favor that Dumbledore has asked of him. Now, what is it? Which Hazel has got it. It's Slughorn. Um, and Jade Dragon uh, says, uh, an important note as well, something's wrong with Dumbledore's hand. This is true. Um, Harry has noticed that one of Dumbledore's hands is kind of, there's a, there's a new ring on it he's never noticed before, and his hand has gone like blackened and shriveled. not sure what's going on there um Dumbledore does not stop to explain it apparently they'll talk about it later um Professor Slughorn former Professor Slughorn um he has been Jasmine you'll see you'll see or are you asking like who's it based on I'll come back to it in just a second um Professor Slughorn is a, uh, a former professor from Hogwarts. He was the head of the Slytherin House, as a matter of fact, and he is, well, Dumbledore wants him for a position at the school. He wants Slughorn to come back and teach, but Slughorn isn't interested in getting involved in all of this, you know, the violence and the uh, intrigue that is surrounding Hogwarts and Harry and Dumbledore right now. He's just not interested in diving into that. Well... Jasmine's wondering, what's your Slughorn voice, Sam? And I'm just going to say, Jasmine, you are going to have to wait and see, and then I want to see if you can guess who it is. Um, Alright, so, uh, at the end of the day, it seems that the prospect of Slughorn being able to collect a new name for his little book of contacts is his little spider's web of, of uh, individuals that he can sort of introduce to other people and possibly gain some favors from seems like adding harry to that list is enough to bring him back into the teaching so he agrees he will come back to hogwarts and that is what we got um let's see i want to say that was the whole two chapters wasn't it anything else i think that was the whole thing i don't even have my pdf open right now I, i'm going to be <laughs> i'm going to be performing Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince from memory. That's right, folks, I'm that good. I'm not that good. I'm not that good. I'm good, but I'm not that good. So instead, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I've got my PDF open now. We are good to go. Let me zoom in here because I can't see nothing. And we will commence now as usual I want to remind everyone I would love to talk about whatever it is you want to discuss so if you want to discuss something go ahead and put it in chat love to talk about it we will either get to it during a chapter break or we will get to it um at the end of the chapter hold on <laughs> Oh, boy. Jade says bless you. She's got her earbuds in. She can't hear me at all. Hold on. I got to go turn off that noisemaker. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Emphatic metal, hi. Glad I spotted you before I jumped in. Welcome, it's very nice to have you here. We are getting started on chapter five. Let's do this. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Chapter five, an excess of phlegm. <laughs> Harry and Dumbledore approached the back door of the burrow, which was surrounded by the familiar litter of old Wellington boots and rusty cauldrons. Harry could hear the soft clucking of sleepy chickens from a distant shed. Dumbledore knocked three times, and Harry saw a sudden movement behind the kitchen window. "'Who's there?' said a nervous voice he recognized as Mrs. Weasley's. "'Declare yourself!' "'It is I, Dumbledore, bringing Harry.' The door opened at once. There stood Mrs. Weasley, short, plump, and wearing an old green dressing-gown. "'Harry, dear, gracious Albus, you gave me a fright. You said not to expect you before morning.' "'We were lucky,' said Dumbledore, ushering Harry over to the threshold. "'Slaghorn proved much more persuadable than I had expected. "'Harry's doing, of course.' "'Ah!' "'Hello, Infidora. Harry looked around and saw that Mrs. Weasley was not alone, despite the lateness of the hour. A young witch with a pale, heart-shaped face and mousy brown hair was sitting at the table, clutching a large mug between her hands. "'Hello, Professor,' she said. "'Wartya, Harry?' "'Hi, Tonks.' Harry thought she looked drawn, even ill, and there was something forced in her smile. Certainly her appearance was less colourful than usual without her customary shade of bubblegum pink hair. i better be off,' she said quickly, standing up and pulling her cloak over her shoulders. "'Thanks for the tea and sympathy, Molly.' "'Oh, please don't leave on my account,' said Dumbledore courteously. "'I cannot stay. I have urgent matters to discuss with Rufus Scrimgeour.' By the way, everybody, please uh, help me keep an eye on my sound. If it's super quiet, like compared to the intro music and such, let me know. Um, Or if it's like, if it's all blown out like this, let me know. I'll just keep my eye on it. (laughs) Good one, cat. "'No, no, I need to get going,' said Tonks, not meeting Dumbledore's eyes. "'Night. "'Dear, i not come round for the dinner this weekend. "'Remus and Mad-Eye are coming. Um, "'Not really, Molly. "'Facts, anyway. "'Good night, everyone.' "'Tonks hurried past Dumbledore and Harry into the yard. "'A few paces beyond the doorstep, she turned on the spot and vanished into thin air. "'Harry noticed that Mrs. Weasley looked troubled.' "'Oh, I shall see you at Hogwarts, Harry,' said Dumbledore. "'Take care of yourself, Molly.' "'Oh, take care of yourself, Molly, your servant.' He made Mrs. Weasley a bow and followed Tonks, vanishing at precisely the same spot. Mrs. Weasley closed the door on the empty yard and then steered Harry by the shoulders into the full glow of the lantern on the table to examine his appearance.' Oh, you like Ron, she sighed, looking him up and down. Both of you look as though you've had stretching jinxes put on you. I swear Ron's grown four inches since I last bought him school robes. Are you hungry, Harry? Yes, I am, said Harry, suddenly realising just how hungry he was. Sit down, dear. I'll knock something up. As Harry sat down, a furry ginger cat with a squashed face jumped onto his knees and settled there, purring so hermione's here he said happily as he tickled crookshanks behind the ears oh yes she arrived the day before yesterday said mrs weasley wrapping a large iron pot with her wand it bounced onto the stove with a loud clang and began to bubble at once everyone's in bed of course we didn't expect you for hours here you are She tapped the pot again. It rose into the air, flew toward Harry, and tipped over. Mrs. Weasley slid a bowl neatly beneath it just in time to catch the thick stream of steaming onion soup. Bread dear. Thanks, Mrs. Weasley. She waved her wand over her shoulder. A loaf of bread and a knife soared gracefully onto the table. As the loaf sliced itself and the soup pot dropped back onto the stove, Mrs. Weasley sat down opposite him. So... You persuaded Horace Slughorn to take the job. Harry nodded, his mouth so full of hot soup that he could not speak. He taught Arthur and me, said Mrs. Weasley. He was at Dogwalks for ages. Started around the same time as Dumbledore, I think. Do you like him? His mouth now full of bread, Harry shrugged and gave a non committal jerk of the head. "'I know what you mean,' said Mrs. Weasley, nodding wisely. "'Of course he can be charming when he wants to be, but Arthur's never liked him much. Ministry's littered with Slughorn's old favourites. He's always good at giving legs up, but he's never had much time for Arthur. Didn't seem to think he was much of a high-flyer.' But that just goes to show you even Slughorn makes mistakes. I don't know whether Ron's told you in any of his letters. It's only just happened, but uh, Arthur's been promoted.' It could not have been clearer that Mrs. Weasley had been bursting to say this. Harry swallowed a large amount of very hot soup, though he could feel his throat blistering. Oh, that's great, he gasped. You are sweet, beamed Mrs. Weasley, possibly taking his watering eyes for emotion at the news. Yes, Rufus Scrimgeour has set up several new offices in response to the present situation, and Arthur's heading the office for detection and confiscation of counterfeit defensive spells and protective objects. It's a big job. He's got ten people reporting to him now. What exactly? Well, you see, in all the panic about You-Know-Who, odd things have been cropping up for sale everywhere. Things that are supposed to guard against You-Know-Who and the Death Eaters. You can imagine the kind of things, so-called protective portions that are really gravy with a bitter of tub of pus added, or instructions for defensive jinxes that actually make your ears fall off. Well, in the main, the perpetrators are just people like Mondungus Fletcher, who have never done an honest day's work in their lives and are taking advantage of how frightened everybody is. But every now and then, something really nasty turns up. The other day, Arthur confiscated a box of cursed sneaker scouts that were almost certainly planted by a Death Eater. So, you see, it's a very important job. And I tell him it's just silly to miss dealing with spark plugs and toasters and all the rest of that Muggle rubbish. Mrs. Weasley ended her speech with a stern look, as if it had been Harry suggesting that it was natural to miss spark plugs. Is Mr. Weasley still at work? Harry asked. He is. Matter of fact, he's a tiny bit late. He said that he'd be back around midnight. She turned to look at a large clock that was perched awkwardly on top of a pile of sheets in the washing basket at the end of the table. Harry recognized it at once. It had nine hands, each inscribed with the name of a family member, and usually hung on the Weasley's sitting-room wall, though its current position suggested that Mrs. Weasley had taken to carrying it around the house with her. Every single one of its nine hands was now pointing at mortal peril. "'It's been like that for a while now,' said Mrs. Weasley, in an unconvincingly casual voice. "'Ever since you-know-who came back into the open, I suppose everyone's in mortal danger now. "'I don't think it could just be our family. "'But I don't know anyone else who's got to cook like this, so I can't check. "'Oh!' With a sudden exclamation, she pointed at the clock's face. Mr. Weasley's hand had just switched to travelling. He's coming! And sure enough, a moment later, there was a knock on the back door. Mrs. Weasley jumped up and hurried to it with one hand on the doorknob, and her face pressed against the wood. She called out softly. Arthur, is that you? Yes, came Mr. Weasley's weary voice. But I would say that even if I were a Death Eater, dear. Ask the question. "'No, oh, honestly. Molly! "'All right, all right. "'What is your dearest ambition?' "'To find out our airplanes stay up.' "'Mrs. Weasley nodded and turned the doorknob, "'but apparently Mr. Weasley was holding tight onto it on the other side "'because the door remained firmly shut. "'Molly, I've got to ask you your question first. "'Arthur, really, this is just silly. "'What? Do you like me to call you?' when we're alone together. Even by the dim light of the lantern, Harry could tell that Mrs. Weasley had turned bright red. He himself felt suddenly warm around the ears and neck and hastily gulped down soup, clattering his spoon so loudly, oh clattering his spoon as loudly as he could against the bowl. "Molly mm. wobbles whispered a mortified Mrs. Weasley into the crack at the edge of the door. "'Correct,' said Mr. Weasley. "'Now you can let me in.' Mrs. Weasley opened the door to reveal her husband, a thin, balding, red-haired wizard wearing horn-rimmed spectacles and a long and dusty travelling cloak. "'I still don't see why we have to go through that every time you come home,' said Mrs. Weasley, still pink in the face as she helped her husband out of his cloak. "'I mean, a Death Eater might have fussed the answer out of you before impersonating you.' The Death Eaters, they're here! <laughs> no, it's just a bunch of sirens, it's alright. Calm down, Molly. It does appear that there's something exciting happening outside, though. And they're off again. Alright, back to what we were talking about. I know, dear, but it's ministry procedure. And I have to set up an example. Something smells good onion soup. Mr. Weasley turned hopefully in the direction of the table. "'Harry, we didn't expect you till morning.' They shook hands, and Mr. Weasley dropped into the chair beside Harry, as Mrs. Weasley set a bowl of soup in front of him, too. "'Thanks, Molly. It's been a tough night. Some idiot started selling of metaphor, metamorph... medals. Just sling them around your neck and you'll be able to change your appearance at will.' A hundred thousand disguises, all for ten galleons. And what really happens when you put them on? Mostly you just turn an unpleasant shade of orange, but a couple of people have also sprouted tentacle-like warts all over their bodies, as if St. Mongols didn't have enough to do already. It sounds like the sort of thing Fred and George would find funny, said Mrs. Weasley hesitantly. Are you sure? Of course I am, said Mr. Weasley. The boys wouldn't do anything like that now, not when people are desperate for protection. So, is that why you're late? Metamorph medals? No, got wind of a nasty backfiring jinx down in Elephant and Castle, but luckily the magical law enforcement school had sorted it out by the time we got there. Harry stifled a yawn behind his hand. Bed, said an undeceived Mrs. Weasley at once. "'I've got Fred and George's room all ready for you. "'You'll have it to yourself.' "'Why? Where are they?' "'Oh, they're in Diagon Alley, "'sleeping in the little flat over their joke shop "'as they're so busy,' said Mrs Weasley. "'I must say, I didn't approve at first, "'but they do seem to have a bit of flair for business. "'Come on, dear, your trunk's already up there.' "'Night!' "'Oh, whoops. "'Night, Mr Weasley,' said Harry, pushing back his chair.' Crookshanks leapt lightly from his lap and slunk out of the room. Good night, Harry, said Mr. Weasley. Harry saw Mrs. Weasley glance at the clock in the washing basket as they left the kitchen. All the hands were once again pointed at mortal peril. There we go, our first chatter break. How is everyone doing? <laughs> Music box is back and I'm gonna go back to the library because when people are watching this on the um, on the YouTube version, that means they can skip through this bit until the channel art pa- pops back up. Good grief, where is my mouth at today? So here's my chatter break question. You've got this clock that Mrs. Weasley's got, right? I don't know, I was looking at Bigfoot instead of what I was supposed to be looking at, which is the camera. <laughs> If you want to know what that's all about, go ahead and check out the uh, the reading I did for my, my, uh, my screenplay that I wrote. It's called Maintenance Man. It'll be up there. Um, it'll be up on YouTube in about a week, but you can already find it on Mixer today. Do it. <laughs> um, so this clock, you've got it right now, right? You've got your hands on it. You know it's going to be pointing to mortal peril just about all the time. Do you still keep an eye on it? You still bring it around with you? Fox says, yes, please, I would love to own one. Ooh, book and hook. Good eye yourself. I've got a, I've got a, uh, actually one of my, I've got one Australian accent in this, in these uh, books here. Uh, But I think you'll be happy with who it is. I'm not going to tell you, y'all have to wait until it comes up. But uh, book and hook, you've got a representative. I'm not going to say it's a great one, but it's an okay one. The show must go on indeed. Which Hazel says, I think she does it just for comfort. And I think you're right. I imagine it's it's comforting to at least feel like you've got some control or some knowledge about what's going on. Um, Bowtie Fox in the Discord says, I'd probably have it over my desk. So, yep, most of the time, not getting any work done. Yeah, especially right now. Um, Carzi Lizard says, yes, it just gives you a little hope. Not to mention it does tell you if anyone's dead. That is true. I hadn't really thought about that. Witchy Witch says, yes, so that you know if something tragic happens. And Lockable Sugar, however, uh says I'd have to break it before it breaks me. And I do wonder sometimes if that's kind of roughly where I'd be at if uh if I had one of those, like would I have to get rid of that thing before it really got to me? Jade Hout says, I feel like all mothers have a psychic version of this clock anyway. <laughs> True. Except it's always pointed just a little closer to danger than it should be. Courtney would bring it around with her. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Foos says, grip hook would be a great one for book and hook. A good Australian accent to jump into. Story Cat says, if the hands begin to move again, you know you can trust it again. True. All right, let's get back in, shall we? Oops. There we go. Fred and George's bedroom was on the second floor. Mrs. Weasley pointed her wand at a lamp on the bedside table, and it ignited at once, bathing the room in a pleasant golden glow. Though a large vase of flowers had been placed on a desk in front of the small window, their perfume could not disguise the lingering smell of what Harry thought was gunpowder. A considerable amount of floor space was devoted to a vast number of unmarked, sealed cardboard boxes, amongst which Harry stood... amongst which stood Harry's trunk. The room looked as though it had been used as a temporary warehouse. Hedwig hooted happily at Harry from her perch on the top of a large wardrobe, then took off through the window. Harry knew she had been waiting to see him before going hunting. Harry bade... Mrs. Weasley, good night. Put on pajamas and got into one of the beds. There was something hard inside the pillowcase. He groped around it and pulled out a sticky purple and orange sweet, which he recognized as a puking pastille. Smiling to himself, he rolled over and was instantly asleep. Hey, Linz, how's it going? Seconds later, or so it seemed to Harry, he was awakened by what sounded like cannon fire as the window, nope, as the door burst open. Sitting bolt upright, he heard the rasp of the curtains being drawn back. The dazzling sunlight seemed to poke him hard in both eyes. Shielding them with one hand, he groped hopelessly for his glasses on the other. What's going on? We didn't know that you were here already, said a loud and excited voice, and he received a sharp blow on the top of the head. Ron, don't hit him, said a girl's voice reproachfully. Harry's hand found his glasses, and he shoved them on, though the light was so bright he could hardly see anyway. A long, looming shadow quivered in front of him for a moment. He blinked, and Ron Weasley came into focus, grinning down at him. All right. Never been better, said Harry rubbing the top of his head and slumping back onto his pillows. You? Not bad, said Ron, pulling over a cardboard box and sitting on it. When did you get here? Mum's only just told us. About one o'clock this morning. Were the muggles all right? Did they treat you okay? Same as usual, said Harry, as Hermione perched herself on the edge of his bed. They don't talk to me much, but I like it better that way. (laughs) How are you, Hermani? Oh, yeah, I'm fine," said Hermani, who was scrutinizing Harry as though he were sickening for something. As though he was sickening for something? I don't know what that means. I've never heard that term before. As Who was scrutinizing Harry as though he was sickening for something. Hmm. I don't know. He thought he knew what was behind this, and he had no wish to discuss Sirius' death or any other miserable subject at the moment, and so he said. What's the time? Have I missed breakfast? Oh, don't worry about that. Mum's bringing you up a tray. She reckons you look underfed, said Ron, rolling his eyes. So, what's been going on? Nothing much. I've just been stuck at my aunt and uncle's, haven't I? Come off it, said Ron. You've been off with Dumbledore. It wasn't that exciting. He just wanted me to help him persuade this old teacher to come out of retirement. His name is Horace Slughorn. Oh, said Ron, looking disappointed. We thought... Hermione flashed a warning look at Ron, and Ron changed tack at top speed. We thought that it would be something like that. You did, said Harry, amused. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, now that Umbridge is left, obviously, we need a new Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher, don't we? So, uh, what's he like? He looks a bit like a walrus, and he used to be Head of Slytherin, said Harry. Is something wrong, Hermione? She was watching him, as though expecting strange symptoms to manifest themselves at any moment. She rearranged her features hastily, in an unconvincing smile. No, of course not. So, um... "'Did Slughorn seem like he'll be a good teacher?' "'I don't know,' said Harry. "'He can't be worse than Umbridge, can he?' "'I know someone who's worse than Umbridge,' said a voice from the doorway. Ron's younger sister slouched into the room, looking irritable. "'Hi, Harry.' "'What's up with you?' Ron asked. "'It's her,' said Ginny, plonking herself down on Harry's bed. "'She's driving me mad.' "'What's she done now?' asked Hermione sympathetically. "'It's the way she talks to me. You'd think that I was about three. "'I know,' said Hermione, dropping her voice. "'She's so full of herself.' Harry was astonished to hear Hermione talking about Mrs. Weasley like this, and could not blame Ron for saying angrily, "'Could you two lay off her for five seconds?' "'Oh, that's right, Defender,' snapped Ginny. "'We all know you can't get enough of her.' This seemed an odd comment to make about Ron's mother. Starting to feel that he was missing something, Harry said, "'Who are you?' But his question was answered before he could finish it. The bedroom doors flew open again, and Harry instinctively yanked the bed covers up to his chin so hard that Hermione and Ginny slid off the bed and onto the floor. A young woman was standing in the doorway, a woman of such breathtaking beauty that the room seemed to have become strangely airless. She was tall and willowy, with long, blonde hair, and appeared to emanate a faint, silvery glow. To complete this vision of perfection, she was carrying a heavily laden breakfast tray. "'Harry,' she said in a throaty voice, "'it has been too long.' As she swept over the threshold toward him, Mrs. Weasley was revealed, bobbing along in her wake, looking rather cross." "'There was no need to bring up the tray. "'I was just about to do it myself.' "'It was no trouble,' said Fleur Delacour, "'sitting in the, tray, setting the tray across Harry's knees "'and swooping to kiss him on each cheek. "'He felt the places where her mouth had touched him burn. "'I have been longing to see him. "'You remember my sister, Gabrielle? "'She never stops talking about you, Harry Potter. "'She will be delighted to see you again.' "'Oh, is she here too?' "'Harry croaked. "'No, no, silly boy,' said Fleur, with a tinkling laugh. "'I mean, next summer, when we... "'Oh, but do you not know?' "'Her great blue eyes widened. and "'She looked reproachfully at Mrs. Weasley, who said, "'We hadn't gotten around to telling him yet.' "'Fleur turned back to Harry, swinging her silvery sheet of hair "'so that it whipped Mrs. Weasley across the face. "Billy and I are going to be married.' Oh, said Harry blankly, he could not help noticing how Mrs. Weasley, Hermione, and Ginny were all determinedly looking away from one another's gaze. Um, wow, uh, congratulations. She swooped down upon him and kissed him again. Bill is very busy at the moment, working very hard, and I only work part-time in goods for my English, so he brought me here for a few days to get to know his family properly. I was so pleased to hear that you would be coming. There is not much to do here, unless you like cooking and chickens. Well, enjoy your breakfast, Harry. With these words, she turned gracefully and seemed to float out of the room, closing the door quietly behind her. Mrs. Weasley made a noise that sounded like... Mum hates her, said Ginny quietly. I do not hate her, said Mrs. Weasley in a cross-whisper. I just think that they've agreed into this engagement, that's all. They've known each other for a year, said Ron, who looked oddly groggy and was staring at the closed door. Well, that's not very long. I know why it's happened, of course. It's all this uncertainty with you now coming back. People think they might be dead tomorrow, so they're rushing into all sorts of decisions that they'd normally take time over. It was the same last time he was powerful. People are loping right, left and center. "'Including you and Dad,' said Ginny, slyly. "'Yes, well, your father and I were made for each other. "'What's the point in waiting?' said Mrs Weasley. "'Whereas Bill and Flo... "'Well, what have they really got in common? "'He's a hard-working, down-to-earth sort of person, "'whereas she is a cow,' said Ginny, nodding. "'But Bill's not that down-to-earth. "'He's a curse-breaker, isn't he? "'He likes a bit of adventure.' to glamour. I expect that's why he's gone for phlegm. Stop calling her that, Jenny, said Mrs. Weasley sharply as Harry and Hermione laughed. Well, i better get on. Eat your eggs while they're warm, Harry. How do you like my super creaky chair today? Is that treating everybody nice? Creak, creak, creak. Creak, creak, creak. Creak your desk chair. Looking careworn, Mrs. Weasley left the room. Ron still seemed slightly punch-drunk. He was shaking his head experimentally like a dog trying to rid its ears of water. Don't you get used to her if she's staying in the same house? Perry asked. Well, you do, said Ron, but if she jumps out at you unexpectedly like, then it's pathetic, said Hermione furiously, striding away from Ron as far as she could go and turning to face him. With her arms folded once she reached the wall. You don't really want her around forever? Ginny asked Ron incredulously. When he merely shrugged, she said, Well, Mum's going to put a stop to it if she can. Bet you anything. How is she going to manage that? asked Harry. She keeps trying to get Tonks round for dinner. I think she's hoping that Bill will fall for Tonks instead. I hope he does. Much rather have her in the family. "'Yeah, that'll work,' said Ron sarcastically. "'Listen, no bloke in his right mind "'is going to fancy Tonks when Fleur is around. "'I mean, Tonks is okay looking "'when she's not doing one of those stupid things "'to her hair and nose, but... "'She's a damn sight nicer than Phlegm,' said Ginny. "'And she's more intelligent. "'She's an aura,' said Hermione from the corner. "'Fleur's not stupid. "'She was good enough to enter the Triwizard Tournament,' "'said Harry. "'Oh, not you as well?' said Hermione bitterly. I suppose you like the way Flem says "Harry," do you? asked Ginny scornfully. No, said Harry, wishing he hadn't spoken. I was just saying, Flem. I mean, Flo I'd much rather have donks in the family, said Ginny. At least she's a laugh. She hasn't been much of a laugh lately, said Ron. Every time I've seen her, she's looked more like Mourning Myrtle. "'That's not fair,' snapped Hermione. "'She still hasn't got over what happened. "'You know, I mean, he was her cousin.' "'Harry's heart sank. "'They had arrived at Sirius. "'He picked up a fork and began shoveling scrambled eggs into his mouth, "'hoping to deflect any invitation to join this part of the conversation. "'Tonks and Sirius barely know each other.' Said Ron. Sirius was in Azkaban half of her life, and before that, their families never met. That's not the point, said Hermione. She thinks that it was her fault that he died. How did she work that one out? Harry asked, in spite of himself. Well, she was fighting Bellatrix Strange, wasn't she? I think she feels that if only she'd finished her off, Bellatrix couldn't have killed Sirius. That's stupid, said Ron. It's survivor's guilt said Hermione. "'I know Lupin's tried to talk her around, but she's really down. She's actually having trouble with her metamorphosizing. "'With her?' "'She can't change her appearance like she used to,' explained Hermione. "'I think her powers must have been affected by shock or something.' "'I didn't know that that could happen,' said Harry. "'Nor did I,' said Hermione. "'But I suppose, if you're really depressed—' The door opened again, and Mrs. Weasley popped her head in. "'Ginny!' she whispered. "'Come downstairs and help me with the lunch. "'I'm talking to this now.' "'Oh. "'I'm talking to this lot,' said Jinny, outraged. "'Now!' said Mrs. Weasley, and she withdrew. "'Julie wants me there so she doesn't have to be alone with Flem," said Jinny crossly. She swung her long red hair around in a very good imitation of Fleur and pranced across the room with her arms held aloft like a ballerina. "'You lot better come down quick, too,' she said as she left. Harry took advantage of the temporary silence to eat more breakfast. Hermione was peering into Fred and George's boxes, though every now and then she cast sideways looks at Harry. At Harry, period.' Ron, who was now helping himself to Harry's toast, was still gazing dreamily at the door. "'What's this?' Hermione asked eventually, holding up what looked like a small telescope. "'I don't know,' said Ron. "'But if Fred and George had left it here, it's probably not ready for the joke shop yet, so be careful.' "'Your mum said the shop's going well,' said Harry. Said Fred and George have got a real flair for business.' That's an understatement, said Ron. They are raking in the galleons. I can't wait to see the place. We haven't been to Diagon Alley yet, because Mum says Dad's got to be there for extra security, and he's been really busy at work, but it sounds excellent. And what about Percy? asked Harry. The third eldest Weasley brother had fallen out with the rest of the family. Is he talking to your mum and dad again? Nope, said Ron. But he knows that your dad was all right. But he knows that your dad was right all along, now that Voldemort's been back, and... Dumbledore says that people find it far easier to forgive others for being wrong than for being right, said Hermione. I heard him telling your mum, Ron. Yeah, that sounds like the sort of mental thing Dumbledore would say, said Ron. He's going to be giving me private lessons this year, said Harry conversationally. Ron choked on a bit of his toast... And Harry, nope, and Hermione gasped. "'You kept that quiet,' said Ron. "'I only just remembered,' said Harry honestly. "'He told me last night, in your broom shed.'" "'Blimey, private lessons with Dumbledore,' said Ron, looking impressed. "'I wonder why he's—' His voice tailed away. Harry saw him and Hermione exchange looks he laid down his knife and fork, his heart beating rather fast, considering that all he was doing was sitting in bed. Tumbledore had said to do it. Why not now? He fixed his eyes on his fork, which was gleaming in the sunlight streaming into his lap, and said, I don't know exactly why he's going to be giving me lessons, but I think it must be because of the prophecy. Neither Ron nor Hermione spoke. Harry had the impression that both had frozen. He continued, still speaking to his fork. You know, the one that they were trying to steal at the ministry. Nobody knows what it said, though, said Hermione quickly. It got smashed. Although the prophet says, began Ron, but Hermione said, shh. The prophet is right, this being the daily prophet. Mr. Foose says, "'Dang, Sam, well done on these voices. "'So many at once. "'And I tell you what, these are my favorite scenes. "'When I have to bounce back and forth "'between a bunch of different voices, I, "'I genuinely really enjoy it. "'It's like a super fun obstacle course.'" "'The prophet's got it right,' said Harry, "'looking at them both with great effort. "'Hermione seemed frightened, and Ron amazed. "'That glass ball that smashed "'wasn't the only record of the prophecy. "'I heard the whole thing in Dumbledore's office. "'He was the one that the prophecy was made to,' "'so he could tell me. "'From what it said,' Harry took a deep breath, "'it looks like I'm the one who's got to finish off Voldemort. "'At least it said neither of us could live while the other survives.' "'The three of them gazed at one another in silence for a moment. "'Then there was a loud bang. And Hermione vanished behind a puff of black smoke <laughs> I'm sorry Hermione, shouted Harry and Ron The breakfast tray slid to the floor with a crash Hermione emerged, coughing out of the smoke Clutching the telescope and sporting a brilliantly purple black eye I, I squeezed it and it punched me She gasped and sure enough, there was now a tiny fist and the long spring protruding from the end of the telescope. "'Don't worry,' said Ron, who was plainly trying not to laugh. "'Mum will fix that, too. She's good at healing minor injuries.' "'Well, never mind that now,' said Hermione hastily. "'Harry! Oh, Harry!' Hermione sat down on the edge of the bed again. We wondered, after we got back from the Ministry. Obviously, we didn't want to say anything to you, but, but from what Lucius Malfoy said about the prophecy, how it was about you and Voldemort, well, we thought it might be something like this. Oh, Harry. She stared at him, then whispered, Are you scared? Not as much as I was, said Harry. When I first heard it, I was... But now it seems as though I always knew I'd have to face him in the end. When we heard Dumbledore was collecting you in person, we thought he might be telling you something or showing you something to do with the prophecy, said Ron eagerly, and we were kind of right, weren't we? He wouldn't be giving you lessons if he thought that you were a gunner. Wouldn't waste his time. He must think you've got a chance. (laughs) Kaisy Lizard, welcome to Scooter Patrol. I've seen you around before. I know that name. You've been here. Um. That's true, said Hermione. I wonder what he'll teach you, Harry? Really advanced defensive magic, probably. Powerful countercurses. Anti-jinxes? Harry did not really listen. A warmth was spreading through him that had nothing to do with the sunlight. A tight obstruction in his chest seemed to be dissolving. He knew that Ron and Hermione were more shocked than they were letting on, but the mere fact that they were still there on either side of him, speaking bracing words of comfort, not shrinking from him as though he were contaminated or dangerous, was worth more than he could ever tell them. And evasive enchantments generally, concluded Hermione. Well, at least you know one lesson you'll be having this year. That's one more than Ron and me. I wonder when our OWL's results will come. Can't be long now. "'It's been a month,' said Ron. "'Hang on,' said Harry, as another part of last night's encounter came back to him. "'I think Dumbledore said our OWL results will be arriving today.' "'Today?' shrieked Hermione. "'Today? But why didn't you—oh my god, you should have said—' She leapt to her feet. "'I'm going to go see whether any owls have come.' But when Harry arrived downstairs ten minutes later, fully dressed and carrying his empty breakfast tray, It was to find Hermione sitting at the kitchen table in great agitation, while Mrs. Weasley tried to lessen her resemblance to half a panda. (laughs) I apologize if that's wildly loud. I'll have to hold it away. All right, back to the library for just a moment. We're on another chatter break. This is not the end of the chapter yet. Let's see, how are we doing on time? We got to put a little bit of giddy up on it. Ha. Points for effort. (laughs) Which one is that for? Which one's points for effort? Could it be because she's French England and France, because she's French, England and France haven't gotten along historically. What is going on here? All my cables are tied up in my lap. What the deuce? Oh, uh, two chapters indeed, Tuna. Oh, Story Cat's asking. Yep, Story Cat, two chapters. And uh, 22, yay the box, indeed. And I just wanna reiterate, this box was a, a gift from my boy Tuna Sunday. <laughs> and it's super cool. Um, All right, our break. So, here's my question. Um, you've got somebody new in the family Right, Fleur? Not everyone's a fan. Uh, what is what do you what do you what is the best way to like introduce somebody like this new to the family? Like, what's the best way to get people integrated well into uh, into the group? Because I'm sure as a uh, as as uh, as well, the entire world goes a little bit crazy right now. Um, a lot of people are getting to know each other pretty dang well. People they weren't expected to be uh, cooped up with. yep uh tuna sunday and i know each other particularly well tuna says i do he's my best friend yeah i would i echo that yeah there's a reason why tuna sunday uh was like he's my he's my top man for stream moderation from like day one he's been uh he's been really encouraging about doing this stuff yep we uh come from the same hometown uh we come from the same high school and actually we we um we were, like, we were acquainted in high school, but we weren't really friends until after that. We met up again. Uh, they came to a, a show that I was in. I believe it was Streetcar Named Desire. And uh, we got connected, and we have been very, very good friends ever since. Like, the whole the whole group got, got all linked up. Sidecar Named Desire. <laughs> which Hazel says, back about our, our Chatterbreak question, learn about her country and try to understand her i think that's a good one try try to uh try to find common ground which which says that depends on the group and i think that's a good point um in this one i guess you know technically family groups uh courtney says family dinner is always the way to go everyone's more um let's see more i'm not sure what that word was supposed to land as uh but more kind of accessible and and in a good mood over good food and wine and i think you're probably right carzy lizard says food anything to do with food um and yeah, that's something kind of primal in humans, isn't it? Like when you get food together, uh, first of all, you don't have to just sit there and talk about something. You've got something to do that kind of prevents you from talking, so it can be just spending time together without necessarily having to make a conversation about it. It's <laughs> a good one, something, something that that's something primal. I think humans have had to get together for a very long time over food. Uh, Accepting, gotcha. Yeah, people are more accepting over good food and wine, says Courtney. That's a good one. Yeah, Crusher Lizard says, food breaks the ice. It's true. Break bread, break the ice. (laughs) Okay. Tuna says, I just love enjoying a meal with people, as do I. Let's jump back in. We're probably close to the end here of this chapter. It just won't budge, Mrs. Weasley said anxiously, standing over Hermione with her wand in her hand and a copy of The Healer's Helpmate open at bruises cuts and abrasions this has always worked before i just can't understand it it'll be fred and george's idea of a funny joke making sure that it can't come off said jenny but it's got to come off squealed hermione i can't go around looking like this forever you won't dare we'll find an antidote don't worry said mrs weasley soothingly bill told me how fred and george are very amusing said fleur smiling serenely "'Yes, I can't hardly breathe for laughing,' snapped Hermione. She jumped up and started walking round and round the kitchen, twisting her fingers together. "'Mrs. Weasley, you're quite, quite sure that no owls have arrived this morning?' "'Yes, dear, I'd have noticed,' said Mrs. Weasley patiently. "'But it's barely nine. There's still plenty of time.' "'I never I messed up ancient rooms,' muttered Hermione feverishly. "'I definitely made at least one serious mistranslation, and if—' The Defence Against the Dark Arts test was so practical. Oh, boy. And the Defence Against the Dark Arts practical was no good at all. I thought Transfiguration went all right at the time, but looking back... Hermione, will you shut up? You're not the only one who's nervous, barked Ron. And we've got your eleven outstanding OWLs. Don't, 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 said Hermione, flapping her hands hysterically. I know, I've failed everything. What happens if we fail? Harry asked the room at large, but it was again Hermione who answered... "'We discuss our options with our head of house. "'I asked Professor McGonagall at the end of last term.' "'Harry's stomach squirmed. "'He wished he'd eaten less breakfast. "'At Beaubaton,' said Fleur complacently, "'we had a different way of doing things. "'I think it was better. "'We sought our examinations after six years of study, "'not five, and then... "'Fleur's words were drowned out in a scream. "'Hermione was pointing at the kitchen window. Three black specks were clearly visible in the sky.' "'growing larger all the time. "'They're definitely owls,' said Ron hoarsely, "'jumping up to join Hermione at the window. "'And there are three of them,' said Harry, hastening to the other side. "'One for each of us,' said Hermione in a terrified whisper. "'Oh no, oh no, oh no!' "'She gripped both Harry and Ron tightly around the elbows. "'The owls were flying directly at the burrow, Three handsome tawnies,' Each of which it became clear as they flew lower over the path leading up to the house was carrying a large square envelope. Oh no, squealed Hermione, Mrs. Weasley squeezed past them and opened the kitchen window, one, two, three. The owls soared through it and landed on the table in a neat line. All three of them lifted their right legs. Perry moved forward, the letter addressed to him was tied to the leg of the owl in the middle. He untied it with fumbling fingers. To his left, Ron was trying to detach his own results. To his right, Hermione's hands were shaking so much she was making her whole owl tremble. Nobody in the kitchen spoke. At last, Harry managed to detach the envelope. He slid it open quickly and unfolded the parchment inside. Ordinary wizarding level results. Pass grades. Outstanding O, exceeds expectations, E, acceptable, A, fail grades, poor, P, dreadful, D, troll, T. And it doesn't say this in the text, but just for the sake of clarity, I'm going to read them out like that instead of just using the letter. Harry, James Potter has achieved astronomy, acceptable, care of magical creatures, exceeds expectations, Charms, exceeds expectations. Defense against the dark arts, outstanding. Divination, poor. Herbology, exceeds expectations. History of magic, dreadful. Potions, exceeds expectations. And Transfiguration, exceeds expectations. Harry read the parchment through several times. His breathing becoming easier with each reading. He was right. He had always known he would fail divination, and he had no chance of passing history of magic, given he had collapsed halfway through the examination, but he had passed everything else. He ran his finger down the grades. He had passed well in transfiguration and herbology. He had even exceeded expectations at potions. Best of all, he had achieved outstanding defense against the dark arts. He looked around. Hermione had her back to him and her head bent, but Ron was looking delighted. (laughs) <laughs> "'Only failed divination in the history of magic. "'Who cares about them?' he said happily to, Ru- to Harry. "'Here, yeah, swap.' Harry glanced down at Ron's grades. There were no outstandings there. "'I knew you'd be top at Defence Against the Dark Arts,' said Ron, "'punching Harry in the shoulder. "'We've done all right, haven't we?' "'Well done,' said Mrs. Weasley proudly, ruffling Ron's hair.' Seven OWLs, that's more than Fred and George, got together. Hermione, said Ginny tentatively, for Hermione still hadn't turned around. How did you do? I, not pad, said Hermione in a small voice. Oh, come off it, said Ron, striding over to her and whipping her results out of her hand. "'Yep. None. Outstandings in one. Exceeds expectations at Defence Against the Dark Arts.' He looked down at her, half-amused, half-exasperated. "'You're... you're actually disappointed, aren't you?' Carmine shook her head, but Harry laughed. "'Well, we're NEWT students now,' grinned Ron. "'Mum, are there any other sausages?' Harry looked back at the results. They were as good as he could have hoped for. He felt just one tiny twinge of regret. This was the end of his ambition to become an Auror. He had not secured the potions grade required. He had known all along that he wouldn't, but he still felt a sinking in his stomach as he looked back at that small black E. It was odd, really, seeing that it had been a Death Eater in disguise who had first told Harry he would make a good Auror. But somehow the idea had taken hold of him, and he couldn't really think of anything else he would like to be. Moreover, it had seemed the right destiny for him, since he had heard the prophecy a few weeks ago. Neither can live while the other survives. Wouldn't he be living up to the prophecy, and giving himself the best chance of survival if he joined with those highly trained wizards whose job it was to find and kill Voldemort? And that's the end of the chapter. So we've got another chapter tonight. Um, We are only a little bit behind schedule. And I think this next chapter is short enough that it will put us right back on schedule. So I'm going to take a quick break. I am um, going to come back, and we will talk in chat. But uh, before I go, I want to present y'all with our our, our third question for Chapter 5. What do we like for a good question? What's, good, what's, what are you, what, I mean, what's interesting to y'all from this chapter? What is the biggest thing that you have enjoyed or uh, feel curious about from this chapter? Don says, great read. Thank you very much, Don. I appreciate it. Lindsay's is wondering, do wizards use makeup? Is that just a muggle thing? Jack says, they're a muggle born so probably. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That, uh, you know, they're, like people like Hermione, it was interesting. She said, oh my god. And I, w- I was thinking that would be an odd one for, like, I don't know, it would be odd to me. Except that um, we talked a little bit in the Discord about how, um, you know, we, we don't... I, I think there are plenty from... Just about every different faith that would probably not consider magic and learning about magic, magic use and such to to be uh, incom- uh, incompatible with their with their faith. I don't know. it's an interesting one, but in the same way it was just uh, it reminded me that Hermione grew up not in a wizarding household. She just latched on really well. <laughs> Cars and Lizards got timestamps on the new video. Oh boy! Jujubee says, "I liked hearing the ideas of interesting uh, uh, of introducing someone new to the group." Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think that I. And honestly, in my own instinct, I probably wouldn't have gone to meals first, but that is kind of the perfect thing. It's a good one. Um... Mr. Foo says... Did they all have that much news after, like, two weeks only? Uh, Dumbledore, Slughorn, The Prophecy... Um... I think they did. I think that's, you know, I think Harry's got a lot more um more insight than the rest, you know, being linked up with Dumbledore. And then I think uh, you know, Harry and Hermione and Ron have been guessing at some of this stuff for a while. Um Carsey Lizard says some schools in the south had the Harry Potter books removed. Yeah, I know it's definitely been it's been banned before. Um and I don't mean necessarily that all people from all faiths would be accepting of this. Certainly, we already know, you know, much less actually sending a kid to Hogwarts. Uh there are people who have considered just the books themselves to be in uh incompatible with their faith um but i do think there are still there there would be people who wouldn't consider this incompatible they wouldn't consider magic they would consider magic to be just sort of like another element of of the world and uh they would just sort of fit it into um into their worldview not everyone of course but who knows Botei Fox says, "Imagine a group of actual wizards playing D anD D, right? And would they play wizards? You know, would it would it be funny to hear how like how the different how how spells work differently in D anD D? Like, oh, this is ridiculous. You can't just charm a person like that. Or would they all play fighters and rogues and such? I wonder if they would play something uh, like something low magic." like a like a steampunk kind of game. Maybe that's what they'd be about. Which Hazel says, "Harry always makes the summer seem so long when it's only a month. My summer's outside school is almost 4." I guess maybe it's because it's the UK? Well, I think it would be it would normally be longer. Remember um because we are um uh Dumbledore came and fetched Harry very quickly this summer. Um, normally he would wait until the end of the summer to go back to school, but in this case, he had to stay at the Weasleys, uh, at the Dursleys rather, um, long enough to continue to maintain that protection over him, but not for the whole summer. So instead he heads off to the, uh, to the burrow. Uh, witchy witch, hi Michelle, says to introduce new people, we use game night. If you can be comfortable with that, um, if you can be comfortable with that situation that you're in, yeah. Uh Courtney says my dad's friend wasn't allowed to read the books because his mom said it was promoting witchcraft. Um I was actually in the same boat. Um my parents have uh dramatically softened over this, but I was the oldest of a big family. So the first of a big family, which means I was the first child they'd ever had. And uh yeah, I was I was not allowed to read the books when I was in when I was young. I didn't read these for the first time until I was twenty. <laughs> Rachel says, "My summer this uh, this year is six months, three months of actual summer, three months of Coronacation." I think game night is a great way to introduce people. That's how I like to do it. Um, you know the, uh, mm, the 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 RPGs, the, the the tabletop games that I really really like, the ones that are so near and dear to my heart. Um, those are, those can be kind of vulnerable. Like it's, it's sort of vulnerable to 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 participate in one. So unfortunately that's not the best way to jump in. Uh, but I think y'all are right. Like board games, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Okay, I'm gonna take a five minute break. I'm gonna come back. Y'all feel free to keep chatting. Um, I am going to uh, come back in five minutes and then we will continue for our next chapter. I'll see y'all in a bit, bye. And we're back. I am going to adjust one of my filters really quick to get rid of some of that background noise. I think... um, Let's see, we'll try down. Yeah. I don't believe this is going to be effective for the... (laughs) I don't believe this is going to be effective for the um, the discord unfortunately so there's gonna be a bit of that background noise there um, but it is pretty hot where we're at so um we're gonna keep the AC on for right now fortunately for the future I think we've got some options that I might be able to uh, av- uh of which I might be able to avail myself I still think Draco's a ferret okay the music is really loud by the way okay that's a that's a good one. Um, It's really loud compared to my voice. Um, I will adjust it down as well, but is my voice okay? Or for all of you, for anyone in, in Mixer, in Discord, I want to know for everybody. When you listen, do you have to put it like, how high do you have to keep your volume? Because if the answer for all of you is all the way up, then I need to adjust some things. And I'll do it in the future. I won't. I won't take time to do it now, but the <laughs> lizard 25 out of what 25 <laughs> percent hmm okay okay that's good <laughs> Bowtie Fox says I've got you on 142 percent and 200 percent. Okay. Okay. So uh, just a quick moment um, for everyone who's on Mixer right now. I'm going to go back to the other screen to the the music and then turn that down. So it's going to be loud for just a second, but then I'm going to turn it down. There we go. Is that better? I got that note last time. I thought it was just because my my voice was much too quiet. How's that? There's some additional ASMR for you. Soda ASMR. Soda I should not be drinking ASMR. (laughs) Okay. Music is too low. I, look, I had, I did have some more saltines, crazy lizard. I did a bad job. It's 5:30 p.m. I woke up at about 10, and I have not eaten today. So, um, I've made some poor choices. Got to keep my blood sugar up a little bit, somewhat, just to, just to keep me going. Story cat, thanks for the refreshment. <laughs> Appreciate it. So, quick review, shall we? What happened last chapter? What happened? I wasn't here for it. I missed it. <laughs> I wasn't here at the time. That's my favorite to uh that's my favorite thing to, to tell special agent Cass. What when uh when I do something and and I bug you and bug you and then say I wasn't here at the time?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's not feeling well. Can can we get a, an F in chat? <laughs> Karzy Lizard is saying Harry met a tiger and ran to the end of the rainbow. That ain't the one. I don't know what you've been up to. Um, substance abuse is a, a a terrible thing and you gotta be careful with that. Uh, Thelm? Oh, Phlegm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill and Phlegm are getting married, indeed. So, oh, improv siren scene, true. <laughs> yeah, somebody give me an oof in chat. That's right, Rachel knows the channel. Um, okay. And Bowtie Fox, Jack, thank you very much. Um, so, last chapter. Phlegm is apparently what, uh, Ginny Weasley has taken to calling Fleur Delacour. Um, this is, this is, uh, you know, we, we weren't necessarily expecting to find her here because, well, she and Bill Weasley are getting married. Who Who could have seen it coming? Well, it doesn't sound like mrs weasley okay i shouldn't have done this i shouldn't have. i shouldn't have had anything carbonated while i'm trying to read things or while i'm near a mic at all unacceptable um uh mrs weasley not a super big fan of having fleur around all the time she doesn't think that uh she and bill are a great match um ginny weasley and hermione also are feeling pretty pretty frustrated having to share quarters with her um However, uh, she is, she seems to be, um, I don't know, she seems to be, uh, maybe the issue is that she just doesn't understand when she's being overly critical of other things. Uh, You know, she says, you know, she thinks the way that they did it at Beaubaton was better than at Hogwarts, that sort of thing. But um, honestly, in general, kind of innocuous. But the ladies of the house are not pleased with it. Um, Book and Hook gives us uh, our, our our second big piece of information. Tonks is experiencing some survivor's guilt over uh, what happened with Sirius at the Ministry. She feels like because she was the one dueling Bellatrix at the time, if she had done a better job or something, then Bellatrix wouldn't have been able to kill Sirius. Of course, this is nonsense and Harry says as much, but sometimes it doesn't make a lot of difference. For Tonks, it sounds like she's going to be feeling this guilt either way whether or not people tell her these things. Um, And finally, we get the results of our OWLs, our tests, the big tests. Hermione is uh, devastated by the fact that she got, let's see, uh, one exceeds expectations while the rest of them were outstandings. She got nine of the best grade you can get and she got essentially nine A's and a B and she was, she's frustrated. Um, but she was dreading it. Um, Ron did pretty well, and Harry did quite well. In in fact, achieving an outstanding in Defense Against the Dark Arts. The one thing that he's not pleased about is that he was really getting his hopes up toward becoming an Auror, and it looks like that dream will never happen because he got exceeds expectations in Potions, and Snape does not accept students who did not achieve an outstanding in Potions for his advanced to class. So that's where we're at with that. Now, shall we proceed? I think we shall. And boy, I'm, I'm doing my best not to mess around with this mic, but I am doing a poor job of it. Uh, Rachel says Harry must have impressed Christopher Fallen. Indeed, he must have. Half his for friends who do stuff together. Uh, discard, you wackadoodles. All right. Chapter six. Downset hike. Chapter six. Draco's detour. Harry remained within the confines of the Burroughs' garden over the next few weeks. He spent most of his days playing two-a-side Quidditch in the Weasley's orchard, he and Hermione against Ron and Ginny. Hermione was dreadful and Ginny good, so they were reasonably well-matched. And his evenings eating triple helpings of everything Mrs. Weasley put in front of him. It would have been a happy, peaceful holiday had it not been for the stories of disappearances, odd accidents, even deaths, now appearing almost daily in The Prophet. Sometimes Bill and Mr. Weasley brought home news before it had even reached the paper. To Mrs. Weasley's displeasure, Harry's sixteenth birthday celebrations were marred by grisly tidings brought to the party by Remus Lupin, who was looking gaunt and grim his brown hair streaked liberally with grey, his clothes more ragged and patched than ever. "'There have been another couple of Dementor attacks,' he announced, as Mrs. Weasley passed him a large slice of birthday cake. "'And they've found Igor Karkaroff's body in a shack up north. The dark mark had been set over it. Well, frankly, I'm surprised he stayed alive for even a year after deserting the Death Eaters.' Sirius's brother, Regulus, only managed a few days, as far as I can remember.' "'Yes, well,' said Mrs. Weasley, frowning. "'Perhaps we should talk about something diff. "'Did you hear about Florian Fortescue, Remus?' asked Bill, who was being plied with wine by Fleur. "'The man who ran the ice cream place in Diagon Alley?' Harry interrupted, with an unpleasant hollow sensation in the pit of his stomach. He used to give me free ice creams. What's happened to him?" Dragged off by the look of his place. Oh, shoot, that's Charlie's voice. Dang it. Dragged off by the look of the place. Why? asked Ron, while Mrs. Weasley pointedly glared at Bill. Who knows? It must have upset him somehow. He was a good man, Florian he was a good man, Florian. Talking to Dagon Alley. "'said Mr. Weasley. "'Looks like Ollivander's gone too.' "'The one-maker,' said Ginny, looking startled. "'That's the one. "'Shop's empty. "'No sign of a struggle. "'No one knows whether he left voluntarily "'or he was kidnapped.' "'But wands, what'll people do for wands?' "'They'll make do with the others,' said Lupin. "'But Ollivander was the best, "'and if the other side have got him.' That's not so good for us. The day after this rather gloomy birthday tea, their letters and book lists arrived from Hogwarts. Harry's included a surprise. He had been made Quidditch captain. That gives you equal status with prefects, cried Hermione happily. You can use our special bathroom now and everything. Well, I remember when Charlie wore one of these, said Ron, examining the badge with glee. Hurry. "'This is so cool. You're my captain, if you'll let me back on the team, I suppose.' <laughs> "'Well, I don't suppose we can put off a trip to Diagon Alley much longer now that you've got these,' sighed Mrs Weasley, looking down Ron's book list. "'We'll go on Saturday, as long as your father doesn't have to go into work again. I'm not going there without him.' "'Mum, do you honestly think that you-know-who's going to be hiding behind a bookshelf in flourishing plots?' sniggered Ron. "'Fortescue and Ollivander went on holiday, did they?' said Mrs Weasley, firing up at once. "'If you think security is a laughing matter, you can stay behind. I'll get your things myself.' "'No, I want to come. I want to see Fred and George's shop,' said Ron hastily. "'Well, then you better buck up your ideas, young man, before I decide that you're too immature to come with us,' said Mrs. We- Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Widely, said Mrs Weasley, angrily, snatching up her clock, all nine hands of which were still pointing at mortal peril." balancing it on top of a pile of just laundered towels. And that goes for returning to Hogwarts as well. Ron turned to stare incredulously as to stare incredulously at Harry as his mother hoisted the laundry basket and teetering clock into her arms and stormed out of the room. Bye, Jujubee. Have a good night. Blimey. Can't even make a joke around here anymore but Ron was careful not to be flippant about Voldemort over the next few days. Saturday dawned without any more outbursts from Mrs. Weasley, though she seemed very tense at breakfast. Bill, who would be staying at home with Fleur, much to Hermione and Ginny's pleasure, passed a full money bag across the table to Harry. "'Where's mine?' demanded Ron at once, his eyes wide. "'That's already Harry's, idiot,' said Bill. "'Got to out if you vote for you, Harry.' "'Cause it's taking about five hours for the public to get their gold at the moment. Goblins have tightened security up so much. Two days ago, Archie Philpot had a property probe stuck up his... Well, trust me, this way is easier. "'Thanks, Bill,' said Harry, pocketing his gold. "'He's always so thoughtful,' purred Fleur adoringly, stroking Bill's nose. Ginny mimed, vomiting into her cereal behind Fleur. Harry choked over his cornflakes. Ron thumped him on the back. Chatter break. <laughs> Carzy Lucid says, "I'd like to see a chapter break, uh, a chapter read with Southern slash Western accents in place of a British one." Hey, stick around the ground we got a we've got a very special very southern character in this one that we met uh met a little bit ago never you fear yeah what if all the weasleys were from like <laughs> oklahoma or something or we could do some so we could do something go really wild with it go appalachian got a little bit of uh <laughs> I'm not sure my appellation is great, though. That's right. Okay. All right, folks. So, um, Florian Fortescue, olivander they've disappeared. Nobody... Now, this, this is another one of those chatter breaks where no spoilers are allowed, but what do we think is going on? Why Why Olivander? Why Florian Fortescue? Hmm. Hmm. If you're already in the know, no spoilers. But uh, what do we think is going on? <laughs> Jack of No Trade says his nose. What the heck? And yeah, just like a, it's a little like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna say it's uh, it's 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 some PDA that's probably fairly annoying with the uh with the rest of the family there. But hey, when you're in love, Story Cat says I think it's because they help bring up new wizards. Ooh, that is an interesting theory um which hazel says Ollivander is useful due to his skill an excellent call yep um the the, the wand maker that's a, a pretty a pretty tight skill and, and oliver is <laughs> tight i just mean that uh it's very particular um uh wand making and Ollivander is the best um at least if you ask anybody from around here um but uh, StoryCat brings up an interesting point. It's because they help bring up new wizards. Hmm, very interesting theories. Okay, I'm going to get back into it. Nah, I'm not going to do it again. We'll save it. Oh, <laughs> one ding. One ding. It was a, an overcast, murky day the special Ministry of Magic cars in which Harry had ridden once before was awaiting them in the front yard when they emerged from the house, pulling on their cloaks. "'It's good Dad can guess these again,' said Ron appreciatively, stretching luxuriously as the car moved smoothly away from the burrow, Bill and Fleur waving from the kitchen window. He, Harry, Hermione, and Ginny were all sitting in roomy comfort in the wide back seat. "'Don't get used to it. It's only because of Harry.' said Mr. Weasley over his shoulder. He and Mrs. Weasley were in front with the ministry driver. The front passenger seat had obligingly stretched into what resembled a two-seater sofa. He's been given top-grade security status, and will be joining up with additional security at the Leaky Cauldron Zoo. Harry said nothing. He didn't much fancy doing his shopping while surrounded by a battalion of Aurors. He had stowed his invisibility cloak in his backpack and felt that, If it was good enough for Dumbledore, it ought to be good enough for the Ministry. Though now that he came to think of it, he was not sure the Ministry knew about his cloak. "'Here you are, then,' said the driver, a surprisingly short while later, speaking for the first time as he slowed down in Charing Cross Road, and stopped outside the leaky cauldron. "'I'm to wait for you. Any idea how long you'll be?' "'A couple of hours, I suspect,' said Mr. Weasley. "'Ah, good. He's here.' Harry imitated Mr. Weasley and peered through the window. His heart leapt. There were no aurors waiting for them outside the inn, but instead the gigantic, black-bearded form of Rubius Hagrid. The Hogwarts gamekeeper, wearing a long beaver-skin coat, beaming at the sight of Harry's face, and oblivious to the startled stares of passing muggles. Harry! he boomed, sweeping Harry into a bone-crushing hug the moment Harry stepped out of the car. Buckbeak? Witherings, I mean. Oh, you should see him, Harry. He's so happy to be back in the open air. I'm glad he's pleased, said Harry, grinning as he massaged his ribs. We didn't know security meant you. I know. It's like old times, innit? See, the Ministry wanted to send a bunch of orders, but Dumbledore said, I do, said Hagrid proudly, throwing out his chest and tucking his thumbs into his pockets. Let's get going, then. After you, Molly, Arthur. The leaky cauldron was, for the first time in Harry's memory, completely empty. Only Tom the Landlord, wizened and toothless, remained of the old crowd. He looked up hopefully as they entered, but before he could speak, Hagrid said importantly, Just passing through today, Tom. I'm sure you understand. Hogwarts business, you know. Tom nodded gloomily and returned to wiping glasses. Harry, Hermione, Hagrid and the Weasleys passed through the bar and out into the chilly little courtyard at the back where the dustbins stood Hagrid raised his pink umbrella and wrapped a th- certain bri- mm? Hagrid raised his pink umbrella and wrapped a certain brick on the wall which opened at once to form an archway into a winding cobbled street They stepped through the entrance and paused looking around Dagon Alley had changed the colorful, glittering window displays of spellbooks, potion ingredients, and cauldrons were lost to view, hidden beneath the large Ministry of Magic posters that had been pasted over them. Most of these somber purple posters carried blown-up versions of the security advice on the Ministry pamphlets that had been sent out over the summer, but others bore moving black-and-white photographs of Death Eaters known to be on the loose. <sighs> Bellatrix Lestrange was sneering up from the front of the nearest apothecary. A few windows were boarded up, including those of Florian Fortescue's ice-cream parlor. On the other hand, a number of shabby-looking stalls had sprung up along the street. The nearest one, which had been erected outside Flourish and blots under a striped, stained awning, had a cardboard sign pinned to its front. Amulets, effective against werewolves, dementors, and inferi. A seedy looking little wizard was rattling armfuls of silver cymbals on chains at passers by. One for your little girl, madam, he called at Mrs. Weasley as they, last, uh, as they passed, leering at Ginny. Protect a uh, pretty neck. If I were on duty, said Mr. Weasley, glaring angrily at the amulet seller. Yes, but don't go arresting anyone now, dear. We're in a hurry, said Mrs. Weasley, nervously consulting a list. "'I think we'd better do Madam Malkin's first, "'to mind what's new dress-robes. "'And Ron's shown a bit too much ankle in his school-robes, "'and you need new ones too, Harry. "'You've grown so much. "'Now oh, come on, everyone.' "'Molly, it doesn't make sense for us all to go to Madam Malkin's,' "'said Mr. Weasley. "'What don't you three go with Hagrid, "'and we can go to Flourish and Blotts, "'get everyone's school-books?' Hmm, I, "'I don't know,' said Mrs. Weasley, anxiously, "'clearly torn between a desire to finish the shopping quickly,' and the wish to stick together in a pack. "'Hagrid, do you think—' "'Don't fret. They'll be fine with me, Molly,' said Hagrid soothingly, waving an airy hand the size of a dustbin lid. Mrs. Weasley did not look entirely convinced, but allowed the separation, scurrying off toward flourishing blots with her husband and Ginny, while Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and Hagrid, set off for the Madame Malkin shop.' Harry noticed that many of the people who passed them had the same harried anxious look as Mrs Weasley that anybody and that nobody was stopping to talk to anyone the shoppers stayed together in their own tightly knit groups moving intently about their business nobody seemed to be shopping alone so much of this is so weirdly familiar during the era of covid-19 you know people kind of sticking to their own groups not not uh, intermixing with anybody It's it's got such a strange, strange feeling to be so connected with this right now. It was the same when we started this book, because during those initial chapters where it was talking about the the ever-present gloom from the the Dementors, it was super foggy and sort of drizzly here. Feels weird, man. Feels weird. So Harry, oh, might be a bit of a squeeze with all of us. "'said Hagrid, stopping outside Madame Malkin's "'and bending down to peer through the window. "'I'll stand and guard outside, all right?' "'So Harry, Ron, and Hermione entered the shop together. "'It appeared, at first glance, to be empty, "'but no sooner had the door swung shut behind them "'than they heard a familiar voice issuing from behind "'a rack of dress robes in spangled green and blue. "'Not a child, in case you hadn't noticed, mother. "'I'm perfectly capable of doing my shopping alone.' There was a clucking sound, and a voice Harry recognised as that of Madame Malkins, the owner, said, "'Now, dear, your mother's quite right. None of us is supposed to be going wandering around on our own any more. It's nothing to do with being a child. Watch me on sticking that pin, will you?' A teenage boy, with pale, pointed face and white, blonde hair, appeared from behind the rack, wearing a handsome set of dark green robes that glittered with pins around the hem and the edges of the sleeves.' He strode to the mirror and examined himself. It was a few moments before he noticed Harry, Ron, and Hermione reflected over his shoulder. His light grey eyes narrowed. "If you're wondering what that smell is, Mother," a mudblood just walked in," said Draco Malfoy. "I don't think there's any need for language like that," said Madame Malkin, carrying out, scurrying out from behind the. Cl- "'scurrying out from behind the clothes rack, "'holding a tape measure and a wand. "'And I don't want wands drawn in my shop either,' "'she added hastily, "'for a glance toward the door had shown her "'that Harry and Ron were both standing there "'with their wands drawn and pointed at Malfoy. "'Hermione, who was standing slightly behind them, "'whispered, "'No, don't. Honestly, it's not worth it.' "'Yeah, like you dare to do magic outside of school,' "'sneered Malfoy. "'Who blackened your eye, Granger?' "'I want to send them flowers.' "'That's quite enough,' said Madame Malkin sharply, "'looking over her shoulder for support. "'Madam, please.' "'Narcissa Malfoy strolled out from behind the clothes rack. "'Put those away,' she said coldly to Harry and Ron. "'If you attack my son again, "'I shall ensure that it is the last thing you ever do.' "'Really?' said Harry, taking a step forward and gazing into the smoothly arrogant face that, for all its pallor, still resembled her sister's. He was as tall as she was now. Going to get a few death-eater pounds to do us in, are you? Madame Malkin squealed and clutched at her heart. Really? You shouldn't accuse? A dangerous thing to say. Wands away, please! But Harry did not lower his wand. Narcissa Malfoy smiled unpleasantly. "'I see that being Dumbledore's favourite has given you a false sense of security, Harry Potter. "'But Dumbledore won't always be there to protect you.' Harry looked mockingly all around the shop. "'Wow! Look at that! He's not here now! "'So why not have a go? "'I might be able to find you a double cell in Azkaban with your loser of a husband!' Malfoy made an angry movement toward Harry, but stumbled over his overlong robe. Ron laughed loudly. "'Don't you dare talk to my mother like that, Potter!' Malfoy snarled. "'It's all right, Draco,' said Narcissa, restraining him with her thin white fingers upon his shoulder. "'I expect Potter will be reunited with dear Sirius before I am reunited with Lucius.' Harry raised his wand higher. Harry, Harry, no, moaned Hermione, grabbing his arm and attempting to push it down by his side. Think, you mustn't, you'll be in such trouble. Madame Malkin dithered for a moment in the spot, then seemed to decide to act as though nothing was happening, in the hope that it wouldn't. She bent toward Malfoy, who was still glaring at Harry. I think I left this, um, the sleeve, it should come a bit higher, dear, just let me... Ouch! Bellowed Malfoy, slapping her hand away. Watch where you're putting pins, woman. Mother, I don't think I want these any more. She pulled the robe. He pulled the robes over his head and threw them onto the floor at Madame Malkin's feet. You're right, Draco," said Narcissa, with a contemptuous glance at Hermione. Now that I know what kind of scum shops here, we'd better do it at Twilfit and Tettings. And with that, the pair of them strode out of the shop, Malfoy taking care to bang as hard as he could into Ron on the way out. "'Well, really?' said Madame Malkin, snatching up the fallen robes and moving the tip of her wand over them like a vacuum cleaner, so that it was removed of all the dust. She was distracted through all of the fittings of Ron and Harry's new robes, tried to sell Hermione's wizard's robes instead of witches. "'and when she finally bowed them out of the shop, "'it was with an air of being glad to finally see the back of them. "'Got everything?' asked Hagrid brightly as they reappeared at his side. "'Just about,' said Harry. "'Did you see the Malfoys?' "'Yeah,' said Hagrid, unconcerned. "'Well, they wouldn't dare make trouble in the middle of Diagon Alley, Harry. "'Don't worry about them.' "'Harry, Ron, and Hermione exchanged looks,' But before they could disabuse Hagrid of this uncomfortable oh, before they could disabuse Hagrid of this comfortable notion, Mister and Missus Weasley and Ginny appeared, all clutching heavy packages of books. Everyone all right? Said Missus Weasley. Got your robes? Right then, we can pop in at the apothecary, and I'll ops on the way to Fred and George's. Stick close now. Neither Harry nor Ron bought any ingredients at the apothecary. Seeing that neither were going to be studying potions, but both bought large boxes of owl nuts for Hedwig and Pigwidgeon at Eulop's Owl Emporium. Then, with Mrs. Weasley checking her watch every minute or so, they headed farther along the street in search of Weasley's Wizard Wheezes, the joke shop run by Fred and George. We really haven't got too long, Mrs. Weasley said, so we'll have to just have a quick look around and then back to the car. We must be close. That's number 92. Ninety-four? Whoa, said Ron, stopping in his tracks. Set against the dull, poster-muffled shop fronts around them, Fred and George's windows hit the eye like a fireworks display. Casual passersby were looking back over their shoulders at the windows, and a few rather stunned-looking people had actually come to a halt, transfixed. The left-hand window was dazzlingly full of an assortment of goods that revolved Popped, flashed, bounced, and shrieked. Harry's eyes began to water just looking at it. The right-hand window was covered with a gigantic poster, purple like those of the Ministry, but emblazoned with flashing yellow letters. Why are you worrying about you-know-who? You should be worrying about you-know-poo, the constipation sensation that's gripping the nation. Harry started to laugh. He heard a weak sort of moan beside him and her, and turned to see Mrs. Weasley gazing dumbfounded at the poster. Her lips moved silently, mouthing the name you Know Pooh." They'll be murdered in their beds, she whispered. No, they won't, said Ron, who, like Harry, was laughing. This is brilliant. And he and Harry led the way into the shop. It was packed with customers. Harry could not get near the shelves. He stared around, looking up at the boxes piled at the ceiling. Here were the skiving snack boxes that the twins had perfected during their last unfinished year at Hogwarts. Harry noticed that the nosebleed nougat was most popular, with only one battered box left on the shelf. There were bins full of trick wands, the cheapest merely turning into rubber chickens, or pairs of briefs when waved, the most expensive beating the unwary user around the head and neck, and boxes of quills which came in self-inking, spell-checking, and smart answer varieties, A space cleared in the crowd, and Harry pushed his way toward the counter. a gaggle of delighted ten-year-olds was watching a tiny little wooden man slowly ascending the steps to a real set of gallows, both perched on a box that read, Reusable Hangman. Spell it right or he'll swing. Patented daydream charms. Hermione had managed to squeeze through to a large display near the counter, and was reading the information on the back of a box bearing a highly-coloured picture of a handsome youth and a swooning girl who were standing on the deck of a pirate ship. "'One simple incantation, you'll be able to enter a top-quality, highly-realistic, thirty-minute daydream, easy to fit into the average school lesson and virtually indetectable. Side-effects include vacant expression and minor drooling, not for sale to under sixteens. "'You know,' said Hermione, looking up at Harry, "'that really is extraordinary magic.' "'Well, that's Hermione,' said a voice behind them. You can have one for free." A beaming Fred stood before them, wearing a set of magenta robes that clashed magnificently with his flaming hair. "'How are you, Harry?' They shook hands. "'And what's happened to your eye, Hermione?' "'Your punching telescope?' She said ruefully. "'Oh, blimey, I forgot about those,' said Fred. "'Here.' He pulled the tub out of his pocket and handed it to her. She unscrewed it gingerly to reveal a thick yellow paste. Just to dab it on, that bruise will be gone within the hour, said Fred. We had to find a decent bruise remover. We're testing most of our products on ourselves. Hermione looked nervous. It's safe, isn't it? she asked. Of course it is, said Fred bracingly. Come on, Harry, I'll give you a tour. Harry left Hermione dabbing her black eye with paste and followed Fred toward the back of the shop, where he saw a stand of card and rope tricks. "'Muggle magic tricks,' said Fred happily, pointing them out. "'For freaks like Dad, you know, who love muggle stuff. "'It's not a big earner, but we do fairly steady business. "'They're great novelties. "'Oh, where's George?' Fred's twin shook Harry's hand energetically. "'Giving him the tour?' Come through the back, Harry. That's, why, that's where we're making the real money. Pocket anything and you pay for it in more than galleons. He added warningly to a small boy who had hastily whipped his hand out of the tub labelled Edible Dark Marks. They'll make anyone sick. George pushed back a curtain behind the muggle tricks, and Harry saw a darker, less crowded room. The packaging on the products lining these shelves were more subdued. "'We've just developed this more serious line,' said Fred. "'Funny how it happened.' "'You wouldn't believe how many people, even people who work in the Ministry, can't do a decent shield charm,' said George. "'Of course, they didn't have to do—' "'Of course they didn't have you teaching them, Harry.' "'That's right. We thought shield hats were a bit of a laugh, you know. "'Challenge your mate to jinx (laughs) while—' "'To jinx you while wearing it, and watch his face as the jinx just bounces off.' But the Ministry bought 500 for all its support staff. We're all getting massive orders. So we've expanded to a range of shield cloaks, shield gloves. I mean, they wouldn't do much help against the unforgivable curses, but for minor to moderate hexes or jinxes. And then we thought we'd get into a a whole area of defense against the dark arts, because it's such a great money spinner, continued George enthusiastically. This is cool. Look, instant darkness powder. We're importing it from Peru. Handy, if you want to make a quick escape. And our decoy detonators are just walking off the shelves. Look, said Fred, pointing at a number of weird-looking black horn-type objects that were indeed attempting to scurry out of sight. You just drop one surreptitiously. It'll run off and make a nice loud noise out of sight, giving you a diversion if you need one. Handy, said Harry, impressed. Here, said George, catching a couple and throwing them to Harry. A young witch with short blonde hair poked her head around the curtain. Harry saw that she, too, was wearing magenta staff robes. All right, we need a voice, folks. I need a voice for the assistant. Probably should have pulled this one sooner, but I'd forgotten she was in this chapter. She was in the art. I don't know why I forgot. (laughs) I I need a female voice. Hmm... Something distinctive, ideally. I tried share, man. I, I give it a shot. It just wasn't, uh, it wasn't like, I don't have a lot of, f- f- you know, fine control with that. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> what does... Uh, Witch Hazel's saying Southern. Amy Winehouse. What does Amy Winehouse sound like? I know what her singing voice sounds like, obviously, but... Hmm... (coughs) Ellen. (laughs) I've seen a couple of votes for Southern. Alright, that's enough for Southern that I think I'm gonna go with that one. But everyone, I appreciate it. Siorni Weaver, I'll I'll have to see about Siorni Weaver. Dolores or Reardon, I don't even know who that is. I'll have to look that one up. Okay. Um, there's a customer out here looking for a joke called Mr. Mr. Weasley, she said. I guess Mr. Weasley and Mr. Weasley. Harry found it very odd to hear Fred and George called Mr. Weasley, but they took it in their stride. Right you are, Verity. I'm coming, said George promptly. Harry, you help yourself to anything you want, all right? No charge. I can't do that. "'said Harry, who had already pulled out his money bag "'to pay for the decoy detonators. "'You don't pay here,' said Fred firmly, "'waving away Harry's gold. "'But... "'You gave us our start-up loan. "'We haven't forgotten,' said said George sternly. "'Take whenever you like. "'Just remember to tell people where you got it, if they ask.' "'George swept off through the curtain "'to help with the customers, "'and Fred led Harry back into the main part of the shop "'to find Hermione and Ginny... Still poring over the patented daydream charms in the American accent, it's patented uh Gwendog, I'm gonna keep the South African one in mind because I do like that one. It's one of the more unique ones that I can pull off um i'll have to I'll have to think of who that's gonna be good with though a good thought, okay um. have not you girls found our special Wonder Witch products yet?' asked Fred. "'Follow me, ladies.' Near the window was an array of violently pink products around which a cluster of excited girls was giggling enthusiastically. Hermione and Ginny both hung back, looking wary. "'There you go,' said Fred proudly. "'Best range of love potions you'll find anywhere.' Ginny raised an eyebrow, sceptically. "'Do they work?' she asked. Certainly they work, for up to twenty-four hours at a time, depending on the weight of the boy in question. And the attractiveness of the girl, said George, reappearing suddenly at their side. But we're not selling them to our sister, he added, becoming suddenly stern. Not when she's already got about five boys on the go, from what we've... Whatever you've heard from Ron is a big fat lie, said Ginny calmly, leaning forward to take a small pink pot off the shelf. What's this? Guaranteed ten-second pimple vanisher,' said Fred. "'Excellent on anything from boils to blackheads, but don't change the subject. "'Are you or are you not currently going out with a boy called Dean Thomas?' "'Yes, I am,' said Jenny. "'And last time I looked, he was definitely one boy, not five. "'What are those?' She was pointing at a number of round balls of fluff in shades of pink and purple, all rolling around the bottom of a cage and emitting high-pitched squeaks. "'Pygmy puffs,' said George. "'Miniature puffskins. We can't breed them fast enough. "'So what about Michael Corner?' "'I dumped him. He was a bad loser,' said Jinny, "'putting a finger through the bars of the cage and watching pygmy puffs crowd around it. "'They're really cute.' "'They're fairly cuddly, yes,' conceded Fred. "'But we're moving through boyfriends a bit fast, aren't we?' Jinny turned to look at him, her hands on her hips.' It was such a missus Weasleyish glare on her face that Harry was surprised Fred didn't recoil. "'It's none of your business, and I thank you,' she added angrily to Ron, who had just appeared at George's elbow, laden with merchandise, "'not to tell tales about me to these two. "'That's three galleons, nine sickles, and a nut,' said Fred, examining the many boxes in Ron's arms. "'Cough up. I'm your brother, and that's our stuff that you're nicking?' Three galleons, nine sickles. "'I'll knock off the nut. "'But I haven't got three galleons, nine sickles. "'You better pull it back then, "'and mind you put it back on the right shelf.' "'Ron dropped several boxes, "'swore and made a rude hand gesture at Fred "'that was, unfortunately, spotted by Mrs. Weasley, "'who had chosen that moment to reappear. "'If I see that again, I'll jinx your fingers together,' "'she said sharply. "Mum, can I have a pygmy puff?' "'said Minnie at once. A what? said Mrs. Weasley warily. Look, they're so sweet. Mrs. Weasley moved aside to look at the pygmy puffs, and Harry, Ron, and Hermione momentarily had an unimpeded view out of the window. Draco Malfoy was hurrying up the street alone. As he passed Weasley's wizard wheezes, he glanced over his shoulder. Seconds later, he moved beyond the scope of the window, and they lost sight of him. "'Wonder where his mummy is,' said Harry, frowning. "'Given her the slip by the looks of it,' said Ron. "'Why, though?' said Hermione. Harry said nothing. He was thinking too hard. Narcissa Malfoy would not have let her precious son out of her sight willingly. Malfoy must have made a real effort to free himself from her clutches. Harry, knowing and loathing Malfoy, was sure the reason could not be innocent.' He glanced around. Mrs. Weasley and Ginny were bending over the pygmy puffs. Mr. Weasley was delightedly examining a pack of muggle-marked playing cards. Fred and George were both helping customers. On the other side of the glass, Hagrid was standing with his back to them, looking up and down the street. Get under here, quick, said Harry, pulling his invisibility cloak out of his bag. Oh, I don't know, Harry, said Hermione, looking uncertainly toward Mrs. Weasley. Come on said Ron. She hesitated a second longer then vanished under the cloak with Harry and Ron. Nobody noticed them vanish. They were all too interested in Fred and George's products. Harry, Ron, and Hermione squeezed their way out of the door as quickly as they could. By the time they gained the street, Malfoy had disappeared just as successfully as they had. He was going in that direction, murmured Harry as quietly as possible so that the humming Hagrid would not hear them come on they hurried along peering left and right through shop windows and doors until hermione pointed ahead that's that's him isn't Mm. it She whispered turning left big surprise whispered ron for malfoy had glanced around then slid into nocturne alley and out of sight quick or we'll lose him harry said speeding up our feet will be seen," said Hermione quietly, as the cloak flapped a little around their ankles. It was much more difficult hiding the three of them under the cloak nowadays. It doesn't matter, said Harry impatiently. Just hurry, but Nocturne Alley, the side street devoted to the dark arts, looked completely deserted. They peered into windows as they passed, but none of the shops seemed to give any but none of the shops seemed to have any customers at all. Harry supposed it was a bit of a giveaway in these dangerous and suspicious times to buy dark artifacts. Or at least, to be seen buying them. Hermione gave his arm a hard pinch. Ouch! Shh!
1: Look! He's in there!
0: She breathed in Harry's ear. They had drawn level with the only shop in Nocturne Alley that Harry had ever visited, Borgin and Burke's. which sold a wide variety of sinister objects. There in the midst of the cases full of skulls and old bottles stood Draco Malfoy with his back to them, just visible beyond the very same large black cabinet in which Harry had once hidden to avoid Malfoy and his father. Judging by the movement of Malfoy's hands, he was talking animatedly. The proprietor of the shop, Mr. Borgan, an oily-haired stooping man, stood facing Harry, he was wearing a curious expression of mingled resentment and fear. By the way, guess what? I need another voice. Gimme I need a voice for an oily haired stooping man named Mr Borgan. Ready go. I'm gonna keep reading. If only we could hear what they're saying, said Hermione. We can, said Ron excitedly. Hang on! Damn He dropped a couple more of the boxes he was still clutching. As he fumbled with the largest extendable is look fantastic, said Hermione, as Ron unraveled the long flesh-coloured strings and began to feed them toward the bottom of the door. Oh, I hope the door isn't imperturbable, no said Ron gleefully listen. They put their heads together and listened intently to the ends of the strings through which Malfoy's voice could be heard loud and clear, as though a radio had been turned on. If you know how to fix it. All right, Ringo, <laughs> Vincent Price. Oh, what does Vincent Price sound like? Shoot, is he uh, is he the guy who does the the um the the creepy like they put their heads together and listened intently to the ends of the strings yeah something like that yeah sure i'll work on that one okay we'll see it's going to be it's going to be bad it's going to be bad he's not the prices right announcer you prick okay here we go possibly said borgen in a tone that suggested he was unwilling to commit himself I'll need to see it, though. Why didn't you bring it into the shop? I can't, said Malfoy. It's got to stay put. I just need you to tell me how to do it. Harry saw Borgin lick his lips nervously. Well, without seeing it, I must say it would be a very difficult job, perhaps impossible. I couldn't guarantee anything. No, said Malfoy, and Harry knew just by his tone that Malfoy was sneering. Perhaps this will make you more confident. He moved toward Bergen, and was blocked from view by the cabinet. Harry, Ron, and Hermione shuffled sideways to try and keep him in sight, but all they could do, all they could see was Borgen, looking very frightened. You tell anyone, said Malfoy, and there will be retribution. You know Fenrir Greyback? He's a family friend. He'll be dropping in from time to time to make sure that you're giving the proper attention to this problem. "'There will be no need for... I'll decide that,' said Malfoy. "'Well, I'd better be off. And don't forget to keep that one safe. I'll need it.' "'Perhaps you'd like to take it now?' "'Oh, of course I wouldn't, you stupid little man!' How would I look carrying that down the street? Just don't sell it. Of course not, sir. Borgin made a bow as deep as the one Harry had once seen him give Lucius Malfoy. Not a word to anyone, Borgin, and that includes my mother. Understand? Naturally. Naturally, murmured Borgin, bowing again. The next moment, the bell over the door tinkled loudly as Malfoy stalked out of the shop, looking very pleased with himself. He passed so close to Harry, Ron, and Hermione that they felt the cloak flutter on their knees again. Inside the shop, Borgin remained frozen. His unctuous smile had vanished. He looked worried. "'What was that about?' whispered Ron. Reeling in the extendable ears. I don't know, said Harry, thinking hard. He wants something mended. He thinks he wants to reserve something in there. Could you see what he pointed to when he mentioned that one? No, he was behind that cabinet. You two stay here, whispered Hermione. What are you? But Hermione had already ducked out from underneath the cloak. She checked her hair in the reflection in the glass, then marched into the shop, settling... (laughs) setting the bell tinkling again. Harry hastily fed the extendable ears back under the door and passed one of the strings to Harry. "'Hello! Horrible morning, isn't it?' Hermione said brightly to Borgin, who did not answer, but cast her a suspicious look. Humming cheerily, Hermione strolled through the jumble of objects on display. "'Is this necklace for sale?' she asked, pausing beside a glass-fronted case." "'If you've got one and a half thousand galleons,' said Mr. Borgin, coldly. "'Oh, um, no, I haven't got quite that much,' said Hermione, walking on. "'What about this lovely, um, skull?' Sixteen galleons.' "'So it's for sale, then? "'It isn't being kept, kept for someone?' "'Mr. Borgin squinted at her. "'Harry had the nasty feeling he knew exactly what Hermione was up to.' "'Apparently Hermione felt she had been rumbled, too, "'because she suddenly threw caution to the winds. "'The thing is, that um, boy who was in here just now, Draco Malfoy, well, he's a friend of mine, "'and I want to get him a birthday present. "'But if he's already reserved anything, "'I obviously don't want to get him the same thing, so, um... "'It was a pretty lame story, in Harry's opinion, "'and apparently Borgin thought so, too. "'Out,' he said sharply. "'Get out!' Hermione did not ask to be. Hermione did not wait to be asked twice, but hurried to the door with Borgin at her heels, as the bell tingled again. Borgin slammed the door behind her and put up the closed sign. Oh, that's a. I don't like that image. Hermione hurrying to the door with Borgin immediately behind her because I've I've got him imagined in my head, sort of being shaped like the Babadook. Don't love that. Don't love that picture of her like running to the door, just the shot straight on as they both like. She's coming to the door, and he's like right behind her. <laughs> Spooky. Oh, well, said Ron, throwing the cloak back over Hermione. Worth a try, but you are a bit obvious. Well, next time you can show me how it's done, master of mystery, she snapped. Ron and Hermione bickered all the way back to the Weasleys. Oh, excuse me. Ron and Hermione bickered all the way back to Weasley's Wizard Wheezes but they were forced to stop so that they could dodge undetected around a very large nope nope large comes later in this paragraph where they were forced to stop so that they could dodge undetected around a very anxious-looking mrs weasley and hagrid who had clearly noticed their absence once in the shop harry whipped off the invisibility cloak hid it in his bag and joined in with the other two when they insisted in answer to mrs weasley's accusation boy in answer to mrs weasley's accusations they had been in the large back room all along that she could not have looked properly and that is the end of the chapter i hope you have enjoyed uh uh josie Paz. welcome welcome to scooter patrol good to have you here um i hope you enjoyed uh vincent price Vincent Vincent uh Vincent Cheap shall we go with? My terrible terrible Vincent Price? Something like that. Anyway, we're running a little behind and I got to get some actual food in me, so let's do beans, shall we? Shall we do some beans? All right. I'm going to have to make this work for myself because my my assistant is incapacitated at the moment. And Jade Dragon wins. Vincent half price. <laughs> Oh, man. Well done, Jade. Well done. Okay, I'm gonna mute this because
1: this sound is horrible.
0: (laughs) Vincent Half Price is much too perfect. Okay. So, are we ready for some beans? Hmm... Louis Allen, thanks for coming down. Have a good one. Say hi to the goats for me. <laughs> are you gonna give them Harry Potter names? Twenty-two. You are very welcome. Beans, beans, beans. Hook, love one. Oh, hook, love one. Um, I recognize your your picture from the Discord. How you doing? Uh, I can't remember what your name is in the Discord though. It's like one, two, three or something. Oh boy, I don't remember what it is exactly. But i know i know you is <laughs> discount vincent vincent half price is much much too good to pass up okay here we go now a couple of announcements as we go i can't i can't quite see whether or not this is going to be in frame because i want to stay i want to stay blindfolded um but here's this one these these beans are as usual um tuna thanks for the gif oh good lord do you have like a weird bean you got a weird Get an, a bean ambassador. Okay. Um, as usual, I'm going to go through my schedule really quick. Um, these beans are as a result of y'all telling people about this stream. So thank you very much. Uh, for anyone who is uh, who shares um, the, the hashtag, and I realized um, I looked through and realized I need to change up my hashtag. Um, by the way don't put don't put the answer in to, to the beans in chat because i'm going to have to guess and y'all are going to have to help me out um but this is as a result of uh people sharing things so i'm doing five beans but the new hashtag is hp out loud so anyone who shares any of my stuff with that hashtag or who uses that hashtag for themselves hp out loud um i will I'll, I'll throw back an extra bean for them and no, the window is closed for right now, you punks. Because I know McCoy is going to try and argue for it. Which Hazel says, thanks for the read. Got homework. Time to go. Have a good one. Bye, Witch Hazel. See you next time. Okay. This one, it feels um, kind of strawberry-y. I'm trying to decide if I'm getting that little bit of banana to decide whether or not it's one of the milkshakes or the the smoothie or whatever it is. Hmm hmm It's between streams you punks That's right heart book one. O equals yo, I don't think it'll register as like a searchable um, Hashtag and I've got to be able to search for it so that I know when, when people have actually used it um, But yeah, o, o equals yo, that's our That's our special motorcycle uh, emoji <laughs> has got it in chat down there. <laughs> yep, I'm just finishing up. Uh, Allie G, good to see you. Sorry, okay. So I'm going to guess... Um, I, I think I'm going to have to go with strawberry on that one. What do we think? Was I right? Was I close? What color was it? I have no idea. Okay, I'm just going to jump... Oh, I looked at that one. I'm going to have to put that one back. Oh, for one, it was white. Oh, boy, what would that have been? I guess maybe it was like the milkshake one, but I didn't think I was picking up the banana. Dang it, dang it. Okay, we'll see. I don't think it was Tutti Fruity. Tutti Fruity has a a flavor that I would recognize. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't recognize any flavors. We know that's not true. <laughs> okay, next one up. Okay. Oh, I just I just chucked it in my mouth. Here. Uh. I don't know what color it is. Show it to me. Okay. <laughs> Okay, um, second announcement, I have set up a Patreon. Uh, you can find the link in the descriptions for both, you know, here on Mixer. Um, I'll be putting it in the Discord tonight. Um, it'll be on the YouTube later on. Whew, another good one. Um, oh, wait, maybe not. Oh, what is this one? This is weird. This is a weird one. It's like kiwi or something. Um, it's definitely a good one. But it had kind of a bitter kind of pop to... Oh, I wonder if that's the carbonation that they tried to go with. Hmm. I'll come back to this. Anyway, uh, so I have set up a Patreon. As usual, I expect nothing. I know that, um, you know, especially for a lot of people, like, this, this is a fairly challenging time. And so um, I expect nothing from it. I am going to continue to do uh, Harry Potter as we've done it. I'm going to continue to do our other adventures uh, in Dungeon World and, and games and such as we have before, but I do think it's cool um, that we live in a time where this sort of thing is possible, where people can, um, you know, support people like this. I've supported people like that before. Um, and uh, the ability to do that, I, I learned a little bit about the um, the ownership of it and the CEO is actually somebody who I've respected on, on the YouTube sphere for a long time. Um, so I figured, you know what? What the heck, time for a Patreon. So I've set one up um, and the, the link is in the description. It's just a cool time to me that we live in a time where there is the ability to support people from from around who make things that we like. I think it's a cool time period to be a part of. So I've got that up there. But as far as this bean goes, I think it might have been a soda bean. Because I did get a little bit of that sort of bitterness that sort of manifests when they're trying to emulate um, the carbonation. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what this is. I do have to make a guess. It's definitely sweet. It's definitely um kind of fruity. Um, But it didn't seem like overtly citrusy necessarily or like overtly sort of grape flavored. I don't know. Shoot. I just stuck in my teeth. I'm going to have to go with... I'm gonna go with Orange Fanta. Because I think. His pear. His pear? Oh, man. Juicy pear. (laughs) Juicy pear? Cool. Alright, I missed a a juicy pear. I'm down one juicy pear for the night. Dang it. Alright, next one up. Rats. Okay, here we go. That one, I, I could see the shadow of my hand through the the um the hat okay uh next up let's see um this is gonna be my la- oh boy it's a rotten egg or something Ah, my schedule oh good lord i hate this um next tuesday i am going to do a how to play rpgs stream um is going to be just a primer for people who have never played RPGs before. You can check that at 1 o'clock on, um, on Tuesday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time. Of course, there's the time zone converter uh, in the Discord, the the mixer, all that. Um, on Wednesday, we do our adventures in, in uh, video games. Right now, we're playing... Um, we'll either be doing... We'll probably be doing more Disco Elysium, because I want to make some more progress on that. Uh, a fantastic game. It's nice and slow-paced if you want something gentle. Um, but it's a lot of fun. <sighs> Rachel, I don't just swallow the bad beans. I, like, chew them. It's still sitting in my mouth right now. Um, on Thursday at 1 o'clock, we have Chat Plays Dungeon World. We had an incredible session today um, where our arena fighters, we actually lost two people. We lost uh, Javier and uh, Celius. Both went down, uh, leaving only Lenaith to save the day. Um... But I would absolutely encourage you to go listen to those and check it out because it is a, a super cool thing. It is the first of its kind, and I am crazy excited about it. I'm so excited about that that uh, that show. I would love to be doing uh, more with that, longer sessions, um, and uh, getting more people in there. Bowtie says you got a high constitution score, Sam, being able to eat that. I like to think I do. It's got a little bit of bad sweetness to it, which makes me think that either it's just residual from old beans or it was a uh, one of the milk ones. i'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go with rotten milk, spoiled milk, whatever it is. Can you either confirm or deny chat? Hold on, I wonder if our cats is eating plastic or something yeah I see you over there. I make a big loud noise where I hiss and then. Slap my leg oh boy zero out of three huh didn't look like a didn't look like a spoiled milk one what do the spoiled milk ones look like they are i think they're what is it white yep there's they're pure white i said spoiled milk that's what i went with mcquay i said spoiled milk is the thing i think i need to get at least a one out of three for that i think i got that one one out of three. There we go. I feel much better about myself now. All right. Little bit of Sprite. Knock that one. Knock knock that one back a bit. quickly, quick, I'm going to ban you. <laughs> you're going to get permabanned. Get out of here with that nonsense. Um. All right, next up. Of course, if you're here, you know about... Harry Potter Thursdays. So we read this every uh, every Thursday. Oh, I saw that it was dark. Was, you know what? I'm going with a different one. I don't want to cheat. Um, we read Harry Potter every Thursday night. This is four p.m. Pacific time. Um, after uh, after the, it's about an hour after the end of Chat Play's Dungeon World. We'll be doing that, and then uh, tomorrow. On Fridays at 1pm, we do, it's not a stream, it is just a a meetup in the Discord where we can talk about lore and, uh, you know, discussions and leveling up XP and such for uh, Chatplay's Dungeon World. So, I'll be on tomorrow for that. Again, it's not a stream, it's just a, you know, we'll just be chatting in Discord about it. So, um, that's my schedule for the week. This one's vomit for sure. 100% this Hundred percent. This was. <coughs> this one's vomit. Oh, I'm trying to keep it over to one side of my mouth so it doesn't cross, cross across my tongue. <sighs> Eyes are watering. Ah oh, man, this one's like the the hork. We've talked about the hork before. It's whatever that chemical is that once it hits the back of your tongue is like, hey, we're getting rid of everything right now. <laughs> Uh, Open the cargo bay doors. Um, It doesn't have so, so much of that that I'm shocked, but it is like super acidic. 100%, that is vomit. Oof. It looked like peach. I'm sure it did. Um, Yep. I mean, it wasn't peach. I can tell you that much unless this peach has been digested and then regurgitated. (laughs) Fox says, oh man, even my husband noped at that one. Yeah, no, that one sucked. Okay. Not a fan. All right, a final bean. Here we go. And once again, if you want to, uh, up the, if you want to, well, frankly, if you want to up the misery here, um, I think this is here, where am I at? Here? Ah, there we go. Um, Uh, Go ahead and share. Uh, This this can be something that I posted or something that you post yourself. Uh, Anything with the hashtag um, HPOutloud. And I would be more than pleased to do additional beans. (laughs) What the the heck is that, Michaela? Um, That was fantastic. And then, uh, so HPOutloud, that's the hashtag if you want to do more beans. And if you're interested in the chat plays Dungeon World, I am naming... People after anyone who shares uh, the hashtag ChatPlaysDungeonWorld. So, uh, same system, but on that one, you can actually get an NPC named after you. We've got our first one from earlier today. Uh, we're gonna be naming an NPC Carl pretty soon. We'll see, we'll see who Carl shows up as. But uh, our fifth beam for the night, this one's grainy. I don't like that. Hmm. Hmm. It's super grainy. It's like the texture of sand. Is it sugar
1: free?
0: I don't think so. Do we add the sugar free ones in here? Huh? No. No, yeah, I don't think so. Um It's got a little bit of that hork going on. But it's mostly like sweet. I don't like this. I think it's going to be, I think um, the one I can never pick out is uh, the sock. Like what, moldy sock or whatever? It's the sock one. Stinky sock. That's my guess. The stinky sock one appears to be the tutti-frutti sort of uh, uh, coloration. all All those different colors. So what do we think, folks? Did I get it right or did I get it wrong? My guess is stinky sock to stinky sock. Pokemon Girl says, "I'm eating dinner. No more of this mom talk. That's fair. That was the last bean. We're done with it." And uh, Jade says, "No one will be seated during the bean tasting." Courtney's Courtney's thinking, "I got it right." Anyone else? Did it look like? Uh, did it look all all super colorful? <laughs> McCuekay doesn't know again. Three out of five. I will take it, folks. That is all for me today i gotta go get some food i gotta i have to attend to my my dear sweet assistant she has taken very very good care of me um and it's my turn she's good love i'm gonna go take care of her folks thank you very much for listening thank you for watching if you are watching this right now on uh youtube that means this is the uh well i should say if you're watching this during the youtube premiere then uh, the next episode is going up right now on Mixer Live. So jump over to Mixer. You can find the link in the description. Um, if you're watching this with me on Mixer, on Discord, thank you so very much. Uh, everyone, tell people about this show, uh, about what I do here. Um, and uh, if you're here and you haven't dropped a follow yet, go ahead and drop it. You won't be, you won't be disappointed. We gotta, we gotta, we're doing a lot here. So that's it for me today. Have a good one, and I will see you all later on. Goodbye.